Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. It is great to have you here this morning. Special welcome if you happen to be a visitor with us. We are glad that you are here and we invite you to fill out one of these trifold communication cards that's in the pew rack. Put it in the offering plate because we would love to thank you for being here today. If you are looking for a church home, today is your lucky day in that we are starting our fall series, our fall discipleship series for new members. We meet at 4.30 this afternoon. If you're interested in getting more information, you can talk with me out in the lobby following our service today. Today is the last day for a couple of things, so please listen. Today is the last day that you can sign up, make an appointment to be in our picture directory. It's the last day to do it here at church. You'll be able to still make appointments online, but if you wanna do it on paper, you need to do it today. Also, today is the last day that you will be able to vote for four members of our church council. If you stop by the table right outside the sanctuary, they'll have an information sheet, gives you a little bit of bio information about each of our seven candidates. We'll be electing four of those to the church council. Today is the last day to do that. You may not do it online. You must be present to win, so um, please, Do that today before you leave. Have you told us your story yet about what you did with your God's Grace Your Hands gift? Our list of stories is growing. If you go to our website, goodshepherd.com, you'll be able to view those stories. Or you can submit your story. There's a place where you can fill out a short form and then we will upload it onto that site. Or you can email me or fill out a hard copy form. The information on how to share your story is in the Our Life Today, so please read that over. If you have already um, given your check away, we hope to hear from you this week so we can upload all those stories. Please use God's Grace Your Hands on your social media platforms. Hashtag God's Grace Your Hands. Also, we invite you to join us for Habitat for Humanity's Rock Around the Block, which will be held on Saturday, October 12th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Lincoln Heights. This is a time when we send an army of people into a neighborhood to do all kinds of uh, tree trimming or bush trimming, landscaping, pickup, small home repair, a lot of times uh, in the homes of veterans. And so if you are interested, look on page two of the Our Life under Be a Volunteer. Kids that are 10 years old and older can help out with their families. Finally, this morning, we do have both of our annual reports available for you. The first one is our ministry report, and it's a beautiful document that tells the story of our pilgrimage together in ministry the last year. Uh, There's hard copies in the lobby, but this one you can view online as well if you want to save some paper. 
Also, for you numbers geeks, we also have the financial report from the year that just closed out on August 31st, and so you can pick that up out in the lobby as well. In addition to last year's numbers, it also includes this current year's budget, so you can get all of that information in one handy-dandy place. I believe that's it. May God bless us as we worship. Good morning. The first reading is from the sixth chapter of Amos. What sorrow awaits you who lounge in luxury in Jerusalem and you who feel secure in Samaria? You are famous and popular in Israel and people go to you for help. How terrible for you who sprawl on ivory beds and lounge on your couches eating the meat of tender lambs from the flock and of choice calves fattened in the stall. You sing trivial songs to the sound of the harp and fancy yourselves to be great musicians like David. You drink wine by the bowlful and perfume yourselves with fragrant lotions. You care nothing about the ruin of your nation. Therefore, you will be the first to be led away as captives. Suddenly, all your parties will end. And here ends the reading. Please read responsively Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. <clears throat> Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He gives, he gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. The second reading is from the sixth chapter of 1 Timothy. Yet, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from from the true faith and pierce themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before so many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, 
and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said there was a rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead. There, in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Here ends the reading. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. Some years ago, Australian Bronnie Ware was working as a nurse with terminally ill patients. She didn't work in a hospital. Instead, she worked with patients who wanted to die at home, and so that's where she cared for them, usually in the last three to 12 weeks of their lives. 
So as you can imagine, Bronnie developed some really strong relationships with the patients that she cared for. She described one of her primary roles as simply being that of a good listener, as patients used their last weeks very often to process their lives, and often talking about things they regretted. Well, after Bronnie had done that work for about eight years, she began to notice there were common themes around the regrets that the patients would raise. So she began to document those themes, and eventually she published her findings in a book entitled, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. So these are the regrets that Bronnie Ware heard again and again from her patients. I wish I had let myself be happier. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And the regret that she heard the most often was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself instead of the life others expected of me. Well, that list seemed to strike a chord with people because once the book was published, it flew off the shelves. Regrets. It would seem the rich man in the story Jesus tells in our gospel lesson also had some regrets, but his regrets, because it's a story, came after he died, not before. You remember the story, right? Jesus describes a rich man who feasted sumptuously every day while wearing the latest and finest fashion. He lives in a gated community and his wealth helps him to keep the suffering of the world at bay. Meanwhile, lying at the gate of the rich man's house is a very poor man named Lazarus. Lazarus is covered in sores and he's hungry and miserable and suffering and he is longing to eat just the scraps that would fall from the rich man's table. Well, as Jesus tells this story, both men die. Lazarus is carried by the angels to the safety and comfort of the side of Father Abraham. The rich man, meanwhile, ends up in torment in the place of the dead. Well, as I said, I suspect the rich man may have been having some regrets right about then. Regrets like... I wish I hadn't lived such a lavish lifestyle. Now I'd be happy to just have a small cup of cool water. I wish I had taken better care of the people around me, including the poor outside my gate. I wish I had listened to Moses and the prophets and had the courage to actually put my faith into action so that my behaviors would have aligned with my beliefs. Regrets. How do we live so we have fewer of them? Well, I think that was the point, right, of Nurse Bronnie Ware's writing. She wrote not just to chronicle the last days of people's lives. She shared her findings so that we, the living, can learn something. And I think Jesus tells this story for the very same reason. It's for us the living, 
who still have an opportunity to live a life of courage where our behaviors align with the beliefs that we profess. See, in the story that Jesus tells, we aren't the rich man, nor are we the poor man, Lazarus. If we are to find ourselves in this story, we are like the five brothers of the rich man. The ones the rich man wants Abraham to send Lazarus to talk to. Abraham, send Lazarus to my brothers because they still have time to change their lives. Well, Abraham says they already have everything they need to know how to live. They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to Moses and the prophets. But the rich man says, no, no, no. That may not be enough, but if they would see someone risen from the dead, surely they would repent. Abraham is doubtful. Here's the thing. We also already have everything we need to know how to live. We have the teachings of Moses and the prophets and Jesus. We even have the testimony and the hope of Jesus risen from the dead. Our faith teaches us how to live with fewer regrets, but we need to have the courage to put our faith into action. It can't just be a set of beliefs in our mind that we profess on Sunday mornings. We're called to live our faith, which is not easy. I know. We will always be a work in progress, but the time to start is now. As people of faith, let's hope that none of us get to the end of our lives and say, I wish I'd had the courage, the generosity, the compassion, to live and love like Jesus more often. I wish I'd listened more for God's direction in my life. I wish I hadn't been so afraid to live my life more boldly. Regrets. The good news is, we aren't dead yet. And every day provides opportunities for us to put our faith into action. At our June meeting, the church council members schooled me in what active faith and bold generosity looks like. At that meeting, we were putting the plans into place for God's grace, your hands, We were talking about sharing God's abundance, and what better way to share God's abundance than to give away money to all of you in the form of checks. And I'm not always the most generous person or courageous. And in my fear, sometimes it's hard for me to trust the abundance of God's abundance. And part of me really wanted to try this out-of-the-box idea. And part of me really wanted to play it safe. So I went into that meeting with the idea that 
I would suggest that maybe we could give away fifteen to twenty thousand dollars worth of checks on God's grace, our, your hand Sunday, and then send you out to bless the world in the name of God. Well, as we talked about it, the council suggested that if we really wanted to model God's abundance and generosity, then we needed to make the gifts more significant. So they decided that we should give away $60,000 worth of checks that day. It was a bold suggestion. But that's what we did. And I am so grateful for their vision. Because the stories are coming back and God is multiplying our gifts in lots of different ways. God is stirring you to add to your gifts I would guess there'll probably be 80 to 100 or even more $1,000 that will ultimately get out into our community. Plus, there's all the non-monetary ways God is growing this gift as people are also sharing their time, volunteering, or learning about issues that they care about. They're spending time in prayer. Certainly God is multiplying this gift as you are telling your friends and your colleagues and your family about what God is doing among us. And maybe our story is inspiring someone right now to do their own act of generosity or maybe even stirring someone to faith in Jesus Christ. We'll never know how far the tentacles of all of this will go or will reach but there's one thing I do know, and that is that I bet we will never regret this. We will never say, we wish we had never done that. We never should have given that money away. Would have been better to spend that money on ourselves. That's not where this is going. The thing that is striking to me is all the joyful energy around this. I mean, who knew that giving money away could bring such joy? Well, actually, I think Jesus knew. Maybe Jesus was on to something when he called us to be generous with our love and with our resources. Maybe we're experiencing some of the joy that is possible when our behaviors are aligned with our beliefs. And maybe in all of this, there is a lesson about how to live with fewer regrets. See, Bonnie Ware's writing and this story that Jesus tells us today are gifts to us because we're still living. A wake-up call to reflect on how our behaviors align with our beliefs because Jesus is calling us to an active faith where we get to be a part of the work that God is already doing in the world. The courageous work of justice and redemption, a life of generosity and compassion and loving our neighbor. It is meant to be joyful work and meaningful work, work that we will not regret as we witness the ways that God can multiply our gifts and bless the whole world. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. 
please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.